Welcome to another week and another edition of the Sports Block Podcast. Don't worry about a shutdown coming here. Nathan Stacking with you alongside my good friend and co-host of this podcast, Travis Crins. Travis, how are we? Good. Good. Better than uh, John DiFilippo, I'm guessing. Uh, that's where we're going to start with the Vikings this week. Uh, another tremendous showing in prime time, losing 21-7 to the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, we'll get to the game in a moment here, but as a result of the near no-show offensively, the Vikings have made a change at offensive coordinator. John DiFilippo is out. Kevin Stefanski is in. He was the quarterback's coach, and he was a sought-after coordinator. Uh, Pat Shermer, who was the offensive coordinator of the Vikings last year, tried to bring him with with him to New York to be the, the offensive coordinator for the Giants, and Mike Zimmer blocked it. And that it appears that that was a good move, because the Filippo move was not. Now, I'll say about the primetime stuff. I mean, I don't know the last primetime game they were expected to win. Uh, the Green Bay game. Well, they won that one, yeah. yeah. All these losses that people keep talking about, you know. Seattle, no. The Bears, no. The Saints, no. The Rams, no. So it's like they, they struggle because they play good teams and they haven't beaten a winning team all year. So that's that's an issue. It is. It I, is. Yeah. I was surprised that they uh, fired them. I was happy that they fired them. I didn't think they would do so. Um, yeah, the offense has been bad here for for a few weeks. Um, and it's it against Buffalo. Uh, last night, you know, basically gets shut out. Uh, Ten points against New England. Uh, defense has been more than fine. They've been top five. So, um, I mean, this is kind of what their record should be. Um, they should have beat Buffalo. Yep. Uh, they they should have lost to Green Bay. Yep. Other than that, I mean, every game's kind of gone like you would expect it to go. So, it's not like they've underachieved. It's not like they've overachieved. They've been a you know seven and five, seven and six team, five hundred team. Uh, they're making the playoffs. They're beating the Bears. They're going to lose to the Bears. So that's that's kind of what's what's going on. On the offense, uh, hurry up, offense. Do something different. Yeah, pick up the pace a little bit. I mean, hurry up, offense. I don't think they did it once. No. In the game that I saw. No. Oh, uh, they did it uh, once against New England, and I think they scored a touchdown. So do that. Very uncreative. Offensive line sucks. Look like Cousins can't find the open dude. The uh, guys are open. He's not throwing it to him. Uh, Dalvin Cook had 13 carries again. They didn't have a ton of possession, uh, possessions. I think they only had kind of 50, 60 plays. But uh, you got to run the ball more. This, this is that's probably the most atrocious game I've seen all season. Even worse than Buffalo. At least Buffalo did something. Neither of these teams did a goddamn thing for three hours. This, this, this was a terrible football game. Yeah, so... Um... So let, a number of different directions we can go here. Um, I I will go. I don't even know where to begin. So just regarding De Filippo, he's he came from Philadelphia. Philadelphia and Doug Peterson like to throw it a lot. And what does Mike Zimmer want to do? He wants to run it. He wants to play ball control. He wants to preserve that defense. Uh, that's not something that is really doesn't fly in the NFL today. And 
you can only run if you have a good offensive line, and that is not something that the Vikings have. Now, injuries certainly have played a role in that, but I think that is definitely something that needs to be addressed. It's of utmost importance during free agency and the draft. I always came into this season thinking that, yes, the Vikings could win the division, should win the division, but I, you, you know this, I've never expected them to make it to the Super Bowl, to win the Super Bowl this year. And it was in part because they're breaking in a new offensive coordinator and a new quarterback. They're, they have a more difficult schedule this year. And then there comes the fact, and I thought about it as soon as it happened, but the death of uh, Tony Sperano, the offensive line coach, that can linger over a team in ways that you wouldn't expect or hope for, I guess, but it just changes the whole dynamic of the team. So I think that that has had a profound effect on this team. Now, that is not to say that the offense certainly shouldn't be putting up more uh, yards and points for sure. Uh, what's egregious to me yesterday is, or on, on Monday night, is the fact that they had four plays from the five-yard line, from inside the five-yard line, and they look so discombobulated, it I, I'm stunned by it. You know, Latavius picks up, what, two yards on first down? Run it with him again. Just, like, run it twice with him. The second down play, Kirk overthrows Thielen. Fine. Not, not great, but you, you throw it away. Live to fight another day. The third down play... They, he and Dalvin Cook aren't on the same page for the handoff, so Cook stumbles and gets a yard. And then on fourth down, he has Thielen open in the end zone, and he chooses to throw to Kyle Rudolph. Terrible play calling there. The offense overall is so unimaginative. There's no creativity. There's no motion. Or if you are motioning, it's because the Vikings are planning to run it. So the defenses know what to expect. It's They're just very bland, very vanilla. So I would hope this week against the Dolphins, we see some fireworks. And I would hope that this move has lit a fire underneath the offense. I would hope that they don't, I hope the team doesn't come out completely flat. And I think the reason you have to make this move with three games to go is because the last three games are very winnable and you can still make the playoffs. The, the playoffs, they're still in the sixth spot right now. The playoffs are still very realistic and the Vikings have to take advantage of that. Yeah, NFC is not very good. Uh, Washington, Philadelphia, Carolina, they to all have a shot, they would have to win out. Um, Carolina's got the Saints twice. Don't see them beating the Saints once, but alone twice. Washington, Philadelphia plays each other. I mean, Washington's done. Yep. And They're starting Josh Johnson this week, for crying out loud. Yeah, because yeah, he knows the offense very well. Yeah, he does. Uh, he does. Yeah. Fits their system. And the Rams, the Rams are going to be Philadelphia. That's going to be the end of Fargo for the year, so. Yeah, Vikings, they can make this an 8-7-1. 8-7-1 will be enough to win a 6 seed. So, yeah, they're fine. The conference isn't very good this year. It, it does uh, suck, I mean, though, because the Vikings were expected to do more. Like, I don't think either of us thought that this would be a 6-6-1 six, six team 13 games in, did we? I just went through it today, and I'm like, 
at best, they'd be 8-5. and five. They weren't beating the Rams. They weren't beating uh, the Patriots. They weren't beating the Bears. I mean, they've lost. They've lost decidedly. I thought they would be nine and four to this point. I really did. Now maybe eight and five, given the the resurgence of the Bears. So I guess I, I'm looking at it like a one and a half to two game swing. I just thought they'd be a little better than six, six and one, or at least look like they're more competent offensively when you have guys like Diggs and Thielen and Cook and Cousins and and Rudolph. Like they should have beat Buffalo if they played Buffalo tomorrow. If they should win. Um, they should have lost the Packers game, as I said, but they also should have won the Packers game. So those are those are really your two toss-up games. Uh, despite the offensive line being shit, they run the ball well in recent weeks. Yeah. Cook breaks an amazing number of tackles. Uh, he's very good at breaking tackles, which he needs to do. Uh, just have to quicken the pace a little bit. I think they'll be absolutely fine against these next two teams who are not all that good. I think it's a good time to make a change, and you're going to have a lot of success. I don't think either team in Week 17 will be playing for anything, so I expect that to be an exhibition game. I don't, I don't expect either team to play their starters much at all because they're going to play the very next week. Mm-hmm. So, I, I, you know, know, you never know, though. The Bears could still get the four seed. And they're getting the three seed. But if, let's say, you know, uh, the Cowboys, if they win out and the Bears were to lose... Uh, to the Vikings. Vikings won't be playing for anything else, though. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's a non-game for the Vikings. They should, they should by all means, rest their dudes. Hopefully, hopefully. Well, I mean, yeah, they'll, they'll beat Detroit like they always do. I expect them to have it wrapped up week 17. So, I saw a bunch of dumb people. Uh, there was some tweet I was looking at. And a bunch of people saying, no, they're not making the playoffs. And again, these are just morons. Yeah. Um, of the top six highest paid quarterbacks, Kirk Cousins will be the only one to make the playoffs this year. So people bring up his contract, like the third or fourth highest paid player. Well, he Rodgers isn't making it. Matt Ryan's not making it. Right. And these other top six quarterbacks are making it. Cam Newton not making it. Making it. Oh, yeah. So, uh, yeah. Like he's, I mean, he's, he's been fine. He's fine. Uh, Vikings, they can find a new guy at any time. Just you know, somebody better. I mean, this is Kirk Cousins. He's good, so hasn't beaten you know that Matt Stafford syndrome. Well, let's see, four and twenty-four up. against teams above five hundred, though something crazy like that. Not good. No. And he is not. He's not going to beat a team over five hundred this year. So that's uh, not good. That's got to change. He will. So, he Miami, will. He will beat the Dolphins on Sunday. The Dolphins are seven and six. Yeah, they might be eight and eight at the end of the deal. So we'll, we'll see what happens, but. It is just a boring-ass football game. There wasn't much interest on my end in it in the first place. No. Since, I mean, there wasn't. Uh, Booger McFarlane roasted the Vikings. Um, you know, some would say maybe he has the right. By the way, Twitter was all just uh, overwhelmingly positive with the news on on Monday that or Tuesday that uh, Filippo got fired. So that's great for them. Uh to go back to the game, though, Vikings had their chances. It's six nothing in the fourth quarter. Like I said, that that the four plays from inside the five yard line, you can't score a touchdown. That sucks. But then, once again, on a Monday night in Seattle, referee debauchery is how we can describe this. Bobby Wagner, the Vikings are lined up for a field goal. 
5.38 to go in the game. Makes sense. Defense is playing well. Get it back within a one-possession game. See, see what happens. They can make it 6-3. to three. Dan Bailey lines up for a field goal. Bobby Wagner jumps over the line and blocks the field goal. I mean, don't blame Dan Bailey for this. He never had a chance on that one. So, I mean, the umpire throws the flag. And I knew immediately what the flag was for. I'm like, okay. They're gonna call, uh, you know, jumping, you know, leverage or unsportsmanlike conduct and stuff. And the Vikings are gonna. I, I didn't know if it was gonna be 15 or if it was just gonna be five. You know, would it be an automatic first down? I was thinking it would be, but didn't know for sure. And then they got in a conference. I just had a. I, then I said, oh my gosh, they're gonna pick this flag up. And sure enough, what does uh, uh, shit, whatever the the. The, the referee, I can't remember what his name is now. I was going to say Bruce Allen, but I know that's not right. Um, anyway. Yeah. What, no, not Jeff Triplett. <laughs> He's the, the ESPN rules analyst. But anyway, the ref comes up and says there's no foul on the play because he, he was on the line of scrimmage, Bobby Wagner. You know what? He used his two hands, maybe not to, like, le to create leverage to get over the line, but he does use... He does place both of his hands on his teammates, and that is illegal. It says it right there in the rule book. How do you miss that? This is insane. A week after, or two weeks after, you had some of the worst officiating possible. I think a week after, I said, you know, during like the college football championship week, that it was just the worst, some of the worst refereeing I've, or officiating I've seen all year. And then you have. You know the issues in the Eagles Cowboys game. I I don't get it, Krenz. I don't get what is so damn difficult about making these calls, or at least have New York say, "Hey, no, this is a this is a penalty." You threw the flag for crying out loud, and you pick it up. You know what? Screw the screw the officials. At that point, again, like I was said. I can't take it seriously. I can't take the result of the game seriously after a missed call like that, you know. Right, and not to say I mean, that the Vikings wouldn't have won or, or that they would have won the game. Maybe they would have kicked another field goal anyway. But you still have three plays then from inside the Seahawk 15. You're in the red zone again. I I just, I, I do not for the life of me understand it. And, you know, as... You know what? I don't know if they fired DeFilippo if if they come out of that game with a 7-6 win. You know, we're still talking about how pitiful the offense is. But they would have won the game. I mean, the officials screwed the Vikings over yet again. Yeah, I don't think they were winning the game anyway if they just couldn't score. Probably not, but at least give them a chance to screw it up themselves, right? Sure. It would have been nice to see another fumble return for a touchdown. I mean, they just can't see any of the three straight weeks they've missed, and obviously, almost the helmet hit on Dallas. Yep. That's been called in close games. You just got to look at the replay. It'll show the replay. You can clearly see that Bobby Wagner used both of his hands uh, to jump over the line. That's illegal. So, yeah, it's an easy fix. This isn't hard. Just look at the replay, and uh, you'll be able to catch that. Obviously, one of the officials saw what we saw. Yeah. Or uh, they would pick it up. They threw a flag for a reason. You saw something. So, I mean, if they wanted to, if they wanted to make it right, they would. But they obviously don't. So I really don't put much stake in the outcome of the game. 
You know, what the, uh, you know what the worst part of this is? The officials in the NFL now are full-time, or most of them are full-time. And yet the officiating has gotten so much worse. I I don't I don't get it. There was one call where they got the team wrong and the number wrong. There's yeah. only two things <laughs> yes. you can call. Yeah. You can call a penalty on a team, and then you need to call a penalty on a player. Yeah, the team wrong and the number wrong. That would be a, a zero for two. So that would be O for the call. Because I don't know what number 66, they called it on 65 in the Vikings. It was on 66 on Seattle. I mean, they're just not very good. Easily correctable problem. But they don't want to do it. So they don't want to do it. I'm not going to care a whole lot. I know, but it just... I, it's just, it still just irks me that the calls always seem to go the wrong way. Brad Allen is the referee who um, sure. screwed the Vikings over this week. So we'll see what the Vikings can do going forward. Sunday overall was a great day. Well, of I was going to say, yeah. Dean Filippo, they were, even in this game, the game in which he was fired, this young, hot, Head coaching candidates. What? Yeah. He's, he's been still with could Oakland. Be. He's been terrible. He's been with Cleveland, who's been awful. He was with Philadelphia. What has he ever done? Oh, hey, that that was a good Philadelphia team there, though. That uh... he sure was an hell calling the plays. Andy Reid calls the plays. Brad Childress doesn't call the plays. Dee Filippo doesn't call the plays. Andy Reid he calls his own plays. I saw somebody on Twitter say, you know, Zimmer's a great coach. I mean, Zimmer's my favorite coach that we've ever had. He's, yes. he's just fantastic. No nonsense. Yep. Just, I love him. But he needs to and, he needs no. to figure it out with the offensive coordinators because this will be his fourth offensive coordinator now since 2016. He needs to have a more hands-on approach. Well, it, it, that's not, I mean, he, no, that's not insight. And that's basically what the tweet said. He's got an all-offensive coordinator. got to figure something out and – the Daniel Carlson thing, which I thought he handled absolutely amazingly. I don't know what, what this guy wanted him to do, but hire somebody that does well. Pat Shermer, I don't know, B-plus A, he was great. Yep. Uh, North, North Turner, is down. people think he's good. He's not. He's been around for way too long. Carolina sucks. He's there now. I have no idea why, because he was with the Cowboys 25 years ago, I suppose. Um, and D. Filippo. Didn't really do much at all. Um, so, I mean, Stefanski, I, I, I assume he'll be, he should get the job next year. I, I have no doubt he'll be fine. I have no doubt this team will be better. Um, defense, as long as the defense is good, Mike Zimmer can be the coach for as long as he wants. Yep. And defense has been uh, struggled early, but now they're back being a top five defense with their starting safety out and losing their linebacker for a month. I, I got to uh, tell you, I love Anthony Harris. The, he's great. The, he's fucking great. Yep, he he's phenomenal. So, I I agree with you on that front. Like this is the, oh you know we need to you know the, the Vikings are going to need to fire Zimmer if he can't get stuff. No, he'll he'll get it figured out. Uh, a lot of people do have issues with the way he chastised Case Keenum last year, and now they're saying that he's getting his right due. Well, how the hell is he doing this year? Is Case Keenum win the MVP? Are they making the playoffs? Yeah, probably not. No, and no, no. I mean. I, I thought the Daniel Carlson thing was great. Somebody, some stupid reporter asked him why you cut him. Was it hard? He said, nope. Did you watch the game, idiot? Did you watch the game where he missed three, four kicks? 
Wash it all. That's why it, we cut But him. it's not. So a, but Carlson has done so much better since he got cut. He since he signed with the Raiders sure. than Dan Bailey has you know, with the Vikings. I'm I'm flabbergasted that Bailey is struggling this much. Here it shows that Dallas kind of knew what was going on. May I just say, let I don't know if he's eligible or if he's if he's going to come out in the draft this year or not. But and I know the Vikings oh, just used a fifth round. Not ever draft no, I I'm telling you, Krenz. I'm telling you right now, I want Rodrigo Rodrigo Blankenship from Georgia. Don't this, ever draft a kid. This guy is the real deal, I'm telling you, Krenz. And if you don't go for Rodrigo Blankenship, you better get Chase Vinatieri in two years. He's the greatest kicker in the history of the NFL. Adam Vinatieri. Where was he drafted? He was not drafted. No, I'm not saying draft Chase Vinatieri, but I'm saying... You're saying draft old Mexican Rodriguez from Georgia, though. I, hey, if he's there, I'm not saying reach for him, but you know what? Fifth, sixth oh. round? Hell, go for it. He's a free agent inside him. Greatest kicker of all time was a drafted. Greatest quarterback of all time was picked in the sixth round. It's like, don't draft a kicker. Okay. There's, there's no reason. There, there are literally hundreds of people that can kick the football. Hundreds of people. Dan Bailey, Kai Forbath, go down the line. They've all been fine. Blair Walsh, you drafted him. He was good his first year. He's he's out of the league and will never return. So don't don't use a draft pick on a kick. Very good Sunday in the NFL, though. Uh, you have sure. the uh, the Colts upsetting the Texans. Uh, Jadavion Clowney jumping offside on, I believe, by fourth and one. It's like, oh my gosh, you're stupid shit. Why would you even do that? Miami, the min, the miracle in Miami with the the couple of pitches, the Boise play that they ran, and uh, Kenyon Drake uh, running past Rob Gronkowski on a on a for that last second touchdown, 34-33. You had Pat Mahomes out dueling the the Ravens in a classic. Uh, I mean, there's just a, there were a lot of good games, and then the the Eagles Cowboys game was not great, but a fantastic fourth quarter and overtime. Amari Cooper, ten catches, two hundred seventeen yards, three touchdowns. He was great. Dallas Goddard got screwed by the officials. We don't want to talk about more poor officiating. He got screwed by the officials on a nice touchdown catch. They called offensive pass interference, which was absolute bullshit. But uh. Chris, I know, I know you're not a huge NFL fan, but you have to admit there are a lot of good games on Sunday. Some great finishes. Maybe. I'll take your word for it. <sighs> um, my guy, my guy Frank, really lit it up. Um, he did. Didn't he Sunday night? Whew. Do you want Frank, to say a stat uh, line? Frank, Frank Smith was 16 of 30. For 110 yards and three interceptions, it seems impossible to throw the ball 30 times, complete about half of them, and throw for 100 yards. It seems impossible to do, uh, but he did it. Uh, Russell Wilson threw what 72 yards. So yep. It seems that it seems impossible. Yeah, that Bears Rams game was second worst game of the week until I saw the next game. So. Yep. I, Not that, I mean, can Cowboys Eagles look like rusty needles in your skin for three quarters? So. <laughs> well, that's I what mean, I said. It wasn't Cardinals a great game, won. but a great last quarter. St- Stafford threw for 100 yards. What the fuck was that? Yeah. Stafford. 100 yards Not against good. Arizona. Zach Leonard 
again, I have no idea why he's not the starting running back. It defies logic. Well, I mean, Carrion Johnson will be the starting running back when he's back. But you're right. I mean, Zenner right now is is, is running very well when he gets an opportunity. Let's see what Carrion Johnson has done. And whatever he's done, it, could Zenner not do this as well? Carrion Johnson. 22 yards, 51 yards, 37 yards, 87 yards, 158 yards. I... I I feel like Zenner could do what Carrion what Johnson does. I think the last few weeks prior to Carrion getting injured, I would say that you know he was really picking up early on. Though, yeah, I mean that is exactly what Zenner sure. Zenner could do. But um, yeah, that that Lions Cardinals I mean, game was Pittsburgh awful. Pooed all over themselves. That's just disgusting. Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. You know what my favorite? Mike Tomlin, Mike, Mike Tomlin better watch his ass. He might get fired. You know what my favorite thing is? The Cleveland Browns are still alive for the AFC North. My favorite thing is something called Nick Mullins doing good with San Francisco. Yes. yes. Like a, just a random dude. Random dude. Like doing good winning games. Yeah. It's very Makes good. No yeah, George Kittle. 49ers tied in 210 yards in the first half, and then he didn't get targeted once in the second half. Stupid shit yeah. to the 49ers. That's not good. Uh, Belichick made an error putting, uh, putting the tight end there. I'm not out stump. Put your defense out there. Put your defense out there. Yeah. Don't put a tight end out there. And I mean, they should have, uh, by the looks of the play-by-play, I thought they should have gone for us. They were up two. It was a fourth and goal from the four with 16 seconds left. Mm-hmm. Eight seconds left. Go for it. Your touchdown game's over with 10 seconds to go. If you miss it, Miami's got to go 93 yards or 97 yards. And they're not getting the field goal. They've got time for any two plays. The sure as hell aren't getting a play in and then getting another play in and kicking a field goal, so... Uh, rare, rare, poor late game execution by the greatest of all times. Yes. Nope. I completely agree there. Um, you know they're saying that the Minneapolis, the miracle in Miami. Well, the Minneapolis miracle is still better because it was worth more. But hey, you know what? Once again, the Patriots lose in Miami in December. You can set your clocks to it. You set your watches to it. And let me tell you something. This Patriots Steelers game next week is incredibly important. And I gotta tell you right now, both teams don't look great. Uh, but the Steelers look absolutely lost. Ben Roethlisberger has some broken ribs, and I don't know if they're barbecued or smoked or what. But um, you know what? If, if the the Steelers, they better watch themselves because the Ravens. Yes, they lost to the Chiefs, but they get the Bucks at home this week, and then you have to go play the Chargers. That's going to be a very good game. By the way, Chargers Chiefs this Thursday night. Going to be a dandy of a game, except the Chargers will be without the top two running backs. So that sucks. Um, tell you, I you know what, the Ravens Chargers that could decide. You know, do the Ravens have a chance? And let me give you the Browns' final three games: at Denver, home to the Bengals, at the Ravens. I want to see Cleveland at Baltimore for the AFC North title, Week 17. How great would that be? It'd be very good. It'd be great. Like they probably win one of those. Probably beat Cincinnati, lose the other two. Oh uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm rooting for New England. I hope New England wins. 
I want to see Pittsburgh at seven, seven and one, heading into the final game. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, maybe the Colts. Colts get the six seed. And Colts have Cowboys, Giants, Titans. If they can beat Cowboys, they should go ten and six. Well, I mean, I'm not buying into Dallas whatsoever. So. I like to see Baltimore. I like to see Lamar Jackson in there. It is odd. I know why, and you know why. Um, nobody says Wyoming should change positions. They said Lamar Jackson should change positions, but you never hear that. Oh, Wyoming, he should change positions. Well, oh, because he's got that arm, Crins. He can throw it a country mile. Also, his skin's not very dark. So if his skin was, I don't know, about ten shades darker, they'd be saying, eh, maybe change positions. <laughs> But, uh, but he's not black like Lamar Jackson, so we don't got to worry about that. So that's uh, the NFL for you here. Uh, again, Vikings host the Dolphins this week, so um, just freaking win, uh, Vikings. That's all we ask. So uh, let's see. Where where do we go to here? Uh, um, Get hot. Getting hot. Yeah, okay, let's go. Let's uh, we're, we're getting hot in Vegas. It's the hot stove here. So we didn't bring the stove to Vegas because we didn't need it because it's freaking hot in Vegas regardless. But it is still churning in the great north. Uh, so we're making sure that the embers are um, are still warm when we get back. Uh, Troy Tulowitzki, remo- er, uh, released by the Jays. Bryce Harper, not going to the Yankees, or so says Brian Cashman. Uh, Andrew McCutcheon in the Philadelphia Phillies sign a deal. Paul Goldschmidt to the Cardinals. Did we talk about that last week? I feel like we did. Um, yes. Um, what, what else is going on here? This is, uh, oh, uh, Nathan Uvalde re-signed with the, uh, uh, with the Red Sox. So, uh, what else we got here? The Jackrabbits are on a 21 nothing run. They're on a 29-3 run over Savannah State. Uh, SDSU has 67 points. They're ahead by 40. Where we're tracking to see if they get to 100 by halftime. Woo. They had 55. They had 55 points after the media timeout with eight minutes to go. This is what they should have done to Southern. So this is what they are doing to Savannah State. Good. Good. If they wanted to, Dom, I'm sure, could put up 60. I'm sure they could probably score 150 points. SDSU has 75 points, Zach, and there are four minutes left. That's... 75 points with four minutes in the half. That's good. They may score 90 and a half, and they will have to apologize. <laughs> They're not playing Pine Bluff, though. Um... 77 points stacking. It's good. There's four minutes left. It's good. It's good, Trends. This is unbelievable. I'm not denying you that it's not. This is very good. I love it. Um, so this is as great as Furman is awful. Oh, wait, we're going to get to our Furman squad here in just a second here. But I, right, I thought when you, were ta- uh, when you were talking about hot stuff, I thought we were talking about... Uh, about the baseball. and uh, We were, we were, and this just came up. I mean, this is amazing. Um, the baseball, uh, Patrick Corbin, he signed with Washington. I think that happened right after we quit yep. talking last week. So I thought he'd go to the Yankees. So they, they signed him. Nationals will be really good. Philly signed Andrew McCutcheon. He's still okay. 
Uh, Twins got Jonathan Scope, so he's their second baseman, one year, seven million. Not thrilled about that. He did not play well last year for the Brewers, who traded for him from Baltimore two years ago. He hit like 30 home runs. So they got Crone and Scope, who have hit 30 home runs, who are low on base percentage guys. So we will see what happens. This is the big boomer bust. So that's that's their second baseman I've, for next year. I've heard that the Twins could be major players in free agency this year. Do you agree with that? No, I don't. I don't. I don't think they're signing anybody here until next month. Do they sense that the Indians are vulnerable because there is a. Uh, there is some thought out there that the Indians might look to try and get rid of some of their pitchers. Could the Twins capitalize on this? Sure. I mean, add Cleveland to the list of dumb teams like Seattle and Arizona, who are trading good guys for no reason. I had to search a while to find out why Cleveland would want to get rid of Kluber or Bauer, and I guess it's a money thing. Yep. So, sure, get rid of your guy that you made the World Series with a couple of years ago. Sure, you've got like the best pitching staff, second best pitching staff to Houston, but sure, get, get rid of these Cy Young caliber pitchers. Um, and their farm system is trash, so they're trying to, to recoup something there. So I think this is a terrible move. So if, if, if somebody gets Bauer or Kluber, then that's a solid trade. Uh, Yankees and Mets, they're talking big. I don't think anything's happening there with folks like Syndergaard and, and guys like that. Harold mm, Baines and Lee Smith were elected to the Hall of Fame. Lee Smith, ton of saves, and he was all-time save later time. Okay. Harold Baines, he's not a Hall of Famer. Um, that's just bad. Jack Morris was terrible last year. Harold Baines just isn't a Hall of Famer. So this really lowers the bar. Didn't I hear, though, Is doesn't Baines have, like, the most points... Of or hits. not not most points, the most home runs or hits or something of anyone that's not in the Hall of Fame. He's got like twenty eight hundred some hits. If he played in the eighty one strike and the ninety four strike, if that doesn't happen, he gets to three thousand. That's fine. He was a good player. He made the All Star team six times. Played forever. Played for twenty two years. Good player. Not a Hall of Famer. I don't think his peak uh, was was good enough. A very, very good player. Good hitter, DH, for the second half of his career. But, no, not. That's bad. He hit 30. He never he never hit 30 home runs. 29 was the most home runs he ever hit. Ended up with 384. Solid hitter. 121 OPS+, but can't be putting him in the Hall of Fame. So that's another poor decision second year in the Hall. And it's only going to be two players in the Hall of Fame this year? No, this is the uh, Veterans Committee. Oh, These okay. guys fell off the ballot years ago. Yeah, because what did uh, Baines get, like 6.1% of the vote or yeah. something like that? <laughs> okay, yeah. So I mean, what does that tell you? Yeah, you, yeah, you, you need five kind of per- yeah, You need 5% to stay. You need 5% to stay. If you're under five, you're, you, you get kicked off. Um. So he got 6%. I mean, that's the lowest ever anybody's ever gotten that ends up getting in. And they do that, um, you know, as things change. And this was the today's game era, is what they call it. Uh, Jack Morris, I think, was the era before that. So, um, not, not great. I, mean, so I think it's a 16 uh, guy committee. Brian Levin, Tony LaRusso, other players and former coaches were on there. And you need 12, you need 75%. 
of the 16, so that's how he got in, so that's not great. Um, a lot of rumors with the Twins. I don't expect him to do a whole hell of a lot, especially now. I expect him to do something a month from now. expect him to do something with pitchers. Adam Adovino is who I would love. Reliever from Colorado. That would be my number one dude. Uh, Nelson Cruz, that would be great to get Nelson Cruz. He's 38, but his exit velocity is good. He's averaged 40 home runs the last four years, so you could find him for a couple years. He could be your DH. Those would be my two guys. You get Adam Adovino, you get Nelson Cruz, you get both of them, I'll give them an 8+. plus. Um, I expect him to sign some pitcher, though, next one. Am I going to have to watch SportsCenter on Tuesday night? With uh, We're following along with the first half of the Jackrabbits-Savannah State game. It's 85-33 right now. First half. Uh, Matt Zimmer said he would buy. Matt Zimmer said he would buy a rounded Cubbies after the game if they get 200. In the first half or just for the game? First half. This game is on Mitchell. Let me switch. They're at 85 with a minute to go, so they will not get it. Um... Yeah, if they want to score 150, they could. They'll probably end up with, what, 120? So, 85 points. They're wearing gray. I've never seen these gray uniforms. They're wearing flattened with the dunk. I've never seen these uniforms that, they, that they're wearing. They look like practice uniforms. They're gray. I, I suppose they thought we're playing a trash team, so let's look like trash ourselves. <laughs> Unbelievable. Unbelievable what the Jackrabbits are doing right now. And you know this is going to help their net. No, it's not. It really is. Yeah, it's bad. Uh, Jackrabbits are 15 of 19 from three. Huh. They did 15, 15 three pointers. That's one pretty much a minute. Save it yeah, for Nevada on sure. Saturday. Save it for Nevada. Sure. Yeah, if they play like this against Nevada, they will beat Nevada. If they score 90 points in the first half flat for three, nope. Oh, uh, that's his first miss from three. They're. I mean, their RPI and strength of schedule is bad. That's what happens when you schedule the, the Southerns. Um, they don't have a road win yet. They're playing all these teams at neutral sites. They don't have a road win. That doesn't help the net ratings. No. Their strength of schedule, I think, is the third. I don't know, the third worst in the whole country. At least it's, it's, I know it's in the bottom 15. It's like 350th, 340th. Literally, like, you know. Bottom three or bottom ten. So that's just bad scheduling. It's trash. So any hope that folks had, like in the preseason of this team, like being like a like a ten seed or a twelve seed, I mean that's that's just gone out the window. Well, you know what? Dom they, three they... from distance, bang, <laughs> ninety to thirty three, ninety points, Zach. And uh, is Bo Don Brown, in the Bo roof? Brown will play in this game. Bo Brown, start him. Raise the roof, Krenz. Raise the roof. Um, so, I mean, you do have road games at Eastern Washington and at Montana State. Uh, win those games. Coming up, or what, what is this? What yeah, is this? yep, coming up after uh, after a road game against Nevada. Um, if they beat Nevada. Win those two. If they, they win or not. Well, they probably aren't, but if they can beat Nevada, that... That would be something. That would be something. We're keeping on the college basketball talk uh, train of thought here. Uh, Villanova is struggling with Penn right now as we are recording this live. Um, Who beat Villanova? Penn is beating them right now by nine. 
No, who beat Villanova? Oh, oh, well, no, we're getting to your Furman squad here in just a second. Here, because it's for every week we're going to have Furman watch. Um, and so we will get to Furman here in just a second. Furman, uh, but Villanova struggling with Penn. I got to tell you right now, I know Penn is struggling with Villanova. Penn is beating They're only Vill- up by nine. No, Penn, no. Penn, like, Penn should be up by like 20. Yeah, they've had, I mean, they've let Villanova stay in this game. I got to tell you, though, right now, Kearns, Villanova, to me, they they look like a team that might not be playing in March. They might miss the tournament oh, yeah, this year. Oh, yeah, they'll be there. Oh, yeah. I mean, they got Kansas this, this week. I mean, they, I'm not they'll impressed. They'll get slaughtered by yeah. them. Um, I think, you know, Big East, St. John's. Uh, I don't know if St. John's is making it. They haven't beat anybody yet. I'm more confident Villanova's going to make it than St. John's. I have more confidence uh, that Furman will make it than St. John's. I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, listen, Villanova's going <laughs> to lose both these games this week, then, because they're going to lose to Kansas. They're going to lose to um, Penn here Maybe. by the looks of it. They almost lost to LaSalle. I know it's in the Philly Five and everything like that, but you don't lose to LaSalle. LaSalle's not a good team. Like Villanova's not going to win a national title. I mean, I don't know. They're, they're, they'd be like an eight or a nine seed or a ten seed. You know, they're not. The ranks, I don't give a shit about the rankings, but they're going to maybe probably lose ten games, 10, 10, 12 games. Yeah. Not great. Let's get to our Furman squad here. The official, I think (laughs) we're going to make them the official team of the sports block this year. Um, We'll pick a team every year here going forward. Furman's the team this year until we dump them. Um, I've made clear my team is Marquette, but for this experiment, by all means, let's go with talented. So last we checked, uh, last week, uh, their most recent win was a 90-88 double overtime win against Western Carolina, the Catamounts. Uh, yeah. They went on the road, Crins, and beat the Elon Phoenix and South Carolina Upstate. I believe they're the Spartans. Uh, don't quote me on that. But uh, they beat Elon 98 to 77. They beat South Carolina Upstate 74 to 60. And right now, in a close game with Charleston Southern, Furman is up by 10, 11 points now. So. Uh, you just don't play the Buccaneers and expect to win. No, I know. I, you, you know what? Just watch out for Jameis Winston and Mike Evans. If they're in there, that that's that's difficult to do. Here's what... Uh, could, could they possibly play a team that has one name, for Christ's sake? <laughs> Gardner-Webb, Loyola-Chicago, Bob Jones. Elon, Green, I just told you, Elon. They one, one name there. Sure. West Carolina, Asheville, Villanova. Southwest Carolina Upstate, Charleston Southern, UNC Wilmington, East Tennessee State. Could you play a team? VMI, Greensboro. Wofford, Wofford, Wofford's in there. Chad. I hope Wofford kicks their ass. I hope they kick their ass. Hey, they got Samford, they got uh, Chattanooga, they got Mercer. Citadel. Show some mercy for Mercer. Here's the big one here coming up. So, okay, Furman this week is playing Charleston Southern, playing them right now, as we're recording this podcast. Then on Saturday, home to UNC Wilmington. This is not the the UNC Wilmington that we've 
been accustomed to over the last few years. Their coach left for NC State, so they were bad last year. They're worse this year. So UNC Wilmington, not, not great, but they should win that one. A week from Friday, they're at LSU. Berman beat LSU. Beat LSU, I dare you. Then, eight days later, they're at East Tennessee State. It begins Big South Conference play. Or are they in the SOCON? Must... Southern Southern Conference, yes. So, here we go. Beginning this ride here, they got three games over the next two and a half weeks. At LSU is what I'm looking at on December 21st. Furman beat LSU. No. (laughs) They beat Villanova. They can beat the... And he just trashed them. He just trashed Villanova. That's the enemy of the tournament. You're right, I did. What's I don't think LSU is in the tournament either, but I think I think SC, I think SCSU would beat Furman. That'd be great. Let's schedule Furman. Um Tennessee beats Gonzaga, so the number one team in the land is no more. Now Kansas is number one. Very good game, 76-73. Potential Final Four game. Uh, apparently, uh, what did they got? Some Admiral Schofield guy to go along with Grant Williams. Um, I don't know what to make of this Tennessee squad, Crins, but they appear to be the real deal. They appear to be the team that will lose to a 15 team. Yeah. Perhaps Furman. Shit. Um... Yeah, I have no interest in Tennessee. If they're on, I'm not watching them. I get zero shits about Tennessee. Care a lot about Duke. Care a lot about Gonzaga, Michigan, Nevada. Anybody else? Nope. I mean, Nevada has not played a tough schedule. Um, like, Nevada's good. Are they the seventh best team? Probably not. Um, I like them. They got those two twins. One of them can shoot great. Um, I mean, Arizona State, that was a good win. They got up to a slow start. Arizona State, good. Oh, Grand Canyon's a good team. Beat them here a couple days ago. I beat USC on the road. Yeah. Under slow start, beat them by 12. So, I mean, they've got some solid wins. Play SDSU here a few days. They'll be at Utah. That'll be tough. But, uh, yeah, once they get to conference, they should roll here for the most part. Maybe lose a couple games in conference. But, yeah, I think Nevada can maybe get a two-seat. If they have, like, three losses. Who in the Mountain West scares you, though? I don't know enough about the Mountain West. Uh, Utah uh, State would be the the one squad that I could see maybe making it difficult for them. This Utah State, Fresno State, they're eight and two, seven and two. So, well, maybe Mountain West gets two teams in. We'll see. But well, yeah, Mountain West is a solid, solid conference. So uh, there's our Nevada squad. There, anything else? Ninety to thirty-three at half. By the way, ninety to thirty-three. God, that is one of the great things. STSC women, they got Oregon Wednesday. Yep, big game, big there. Uh, Ionescu, the uh, the gal from Oregon, lots of triple doubles. That's what I'm most keen on or interested in. They lost to Michigan State. They lost to Sparty last week. So they're not third. They're ranked seventh. But still, uh, in terms of a caliber opponent, this is as big as they come by outside of Notre Dame to ever uh, step into Frost. I credit these teams for coming here. Yep. Well, okay. I mean, SCSU is a... I think SCSU is probably a top 40 team every year. Yep. So I, I credit Oregon uh, for for doing that. 
How much do you think they they come play South Dakota State for the atmosphere ver- in in addition to playing yep. the team? Because SDSU is a good team. They're a very good mid-major. But the atmosphere that Frost can provide is something that you won't get at very many arenas elsewhere in the country for women's basketball. Would you agree with that? Yeah, we had AJ. He was in Mitchell on our coaches show Wednesday night. And, uh, yeah, that's, that's one of the reasons um, why they go where they go. That's one of the selling points of bringing teams in. You know, they're going to play in front of at least 2,000, which is an amazing crowd. It's average for SDSU. We're going to get three. I mean, this this team draw, can draw well, seven, 8,000 for a game in March on a Tuesday afternoon. Mm-hmm. Nobody, nobody, literally nobody else in the country can do that. Connecticut can't do that. Tennessee, Notre Dame. South Carolina, whatever team you want. Nobody drew more fans to a women's basketball game uh, or the conference tournament than SDSU did. Yep. USD wasn't a part of that. It was 90% SDSU. So that says something that they can draw more than any team in the entire country. So, yes, that's part of the draw. Their RPI is seventh. Their strength of schedule is four. It's the opposite of the men. Um and that's one of the reasons why I think they will continue to get the good players from Minnesota, from South Dakota, from North Dakota, from Iowa. They don't go anywhere else. I mean, I think if AJ really wanted to, he could get gals from California or, you know, New York, Illinois, if he wanted to. But he can get, he can recruit with the best of them in this area. I think the only, really the only other team I think that could rival that would be Minnesota right now with Lindsey Whalen because of her connections to the university and the state of Minnesota. So that's where AJ's competition is going to, that's the competition he's going to face and come across here in, in the next few years. But overall, I mean, AJ can get anyone that he wants to, I would think. Or just about. Yeah, Lindsey Whalen has done well for Minnesota. Hopefully she turns them around. I still think SDSU is the best I would agree. team in the region. Yep. Nebraska, Iowa, whatever. Bring them here, we'll beat them. I mean, there's a reason why we don't play Nebraska anymore. There's a reason why they don't play Minnesota anymore. It's not because SDSU doesn't want to. It's because they don't want to. So, because they know they would lose. They know they would lose. So, yeah, best team in the region. He's done a great job. Um, and this is... I mean, numbers, I mean, it's been disappointing losing to Marquette by uh, 40 points and a, you know, a, cl- a close loss to Buffalo, close loss to Baylor. I mean, but for Christ's sake, their RPI is four. Strength yeah. of schedule at seven. They've never been that high. We're 10 games in here. Yep. And if you, USD is 18th, so if USD can be a top 50 team, and SDSU can get a couple of wins there just to add to their top 50 resume. You can maybe get six or seven top 50 wins. And yeah, I mean, I think everybody was shocked. What were they, an eight seed last year, nine seed? Eight I think seed. that's yep. not really what a seed I would like to have. No. I would prefer to be like a 12 seed or an 11 seed. Be a six. But yeah, if you can be a six, you get even higher, be a six. But I'm sure that's what they're shooting for. But yeah, that's, that's been the model program. And, and, and these numbers are great. I think it's somehow beat Oregon. Boy, that that would be the best win they've ever had. Yes. Yep. Um, so they that, beat Drake. Drake was uh, what ranked twenty first. Good win against Drake. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. 
and Drake's a very good t- program too. They've been that way for a while. So, uh, yes, uh, Wednesday night at Frost is sure to be an uh, electric atmosphere, I would hope. I, yeah, if you can't get minimum 2,000 fans for the number seven team in the country, um, and I got I to gotta say, I don't think a lot of people know about INSQ. Uh, but she is a phenomenal player. Like we hear all about, you know, the the Yukons of the world. Um, yeah, yep, Notre Dame. Yeah, a Goombawale. This Ionescu, she is, she is the real deal. That I think, apart, you know, sometimes it's the the East Coast bias. You don't you don't pay a lot of attention to the gals on the West Coast. She's one person. She's one player that you need to to know about, though. Yeah, triple O. Yeah, she's she's very good. Yeah. Uh, let's. Uh, anything else college basketball related that we need to get to? Nope. Uh, finals week coming up, so uh, you got some. Uh, oh my gosh, Villanova's cutting the lead in the pet. Come on, Penn, hang on to get this win. Um, normally I'm on my Villanova squad, but uh, this year, um, no, get them out. Um, I'm very disappointed that they couldn't keep that team together from last year. Terrible. Um, so yeah, uh, so the games are a little sparingly now here up until the beginning of the. Um, yeah, Carolina and Gonzaga. Yeah, you got some good games, but there, there's just not a lot of games. Next week's that last good week. Before conference play begins for most everybody. Uh, let's see. Let's. May I just say. Let, let's just stick to the end. Let's just go from the college to the pros. He's a great player. He's one of the best basketball players we'll ever see in our generation, maybe of all time. But, man, Steph Curry is a piece of stupid shit. Uh, the moon landing, um, I don't believe him that he doesn't believe that. It, it, it's in, I don't care if he's joking or not. It's not how it comes across, and he can't. It's not like he couldn't have imagined that there would be a firestorm with this uh, reaction, but just the mere the mere fact that he's saying it, it's just stupid shit for saying it. And uh, I have lost respect for him in the process. I think Kyrie Irving's a dumb piece of shit for uh, for for saying the, that the Earth is flat. Um, so I don't really care what Kyrie Irving has to say. Oh, I get, I got upset because some guy tried to score 50. Yeah, you thought the earth was flat, you dumbass, so get the hell out of here. Um, regarding this, I mean, you have other guys kind of jumping on it. I don't know, like, like with Jalen Rose uh, kind of going with it, Mark Spears of the Undefeated. I I don't know what these guys are doing. It Are they trolling? Maybe it's it comes though as if they actually believe it and i think that's just that's a dangerous path to to lead down especially you know we're so full of conspiracy people anyway these days regarding you know shootings and you know uh, the government and and whatnot you don't need to do this nonsense here um even if it's lighthearted, it's it's just dumb Steph knows better than that, uh, so I would expect that he will apologize here at some point. But, uh, you know, the mere fact that NASA's saying, that, hey, we got proof here, uh, we'll show it to you, we'll take you on a tour, Steph. I mean, it's 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 ridiculous, and Steph Curry, 
needs to know that he makes... Uh, there are a lot of impressionable minds out there, both young and old. The old know, or should know, about the moon landing. Some kids, though, are still learning their history. And if you are questioning this historic fact, and I reiterate, fact, then... Uh, I think that's just a dangerous road to lead down, and I don't think that's being of the utmost role model. I might be taking this a little to the extreme, but uh, Steph Curry, I've lost a lot of respect for you as a person, and that respect can come back. But this was not it. This is not his uh, best moment. Are we talking about Santa or the moon landing? The, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, the moon landing. Okay. Vince Carter also doesn't believe it, so... Well, I mean, he's stupid shit as well. Yeah, they're dumb. Alright. That's all we have to say about that. (laughs) Um, Let's see. Did you hear that the Arizona Coyotes might be moving to Houston? Fuck for moving... Jesus Christ. (laughs) What, Houston? Is Houston a hockey hotbed? Fuck would Houston give a shit about hockey? Oh, they used to have the Houston Arrows in the AHL. I think that was the Minnesota Wilds AHL affiliate. I mean, they got all, they got millions of people. You don't think you could fit in uh, 20,000 people? Can you imagine to the, the Toyota Center getting ramped up, revved up for Houston hockey? Uh, don't know if that's going anywhere. Um, I'm excited for, uh, for Seattle hockey. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 32, yeah, 32nd team here. Seattle getting a team. I imagine it'll be the Seattle Kraken, but the Totems is also making a lot of headway here. Furman has beaten Charleston Southern 77-69. So go Paladins. Not getting any respect in the USA Today poll, but in the coaches poll, 23rd. They're getting close in the AP poll. Uh, in the coaches poll, though, 23rd. Way, way to go, Furman. Um, yeah, they, I, I would not be voting for them if I had a vote. The record for SDSU was 136, so they need 47 points. I don't think they're going to get it, but we'll see. Probably not. Uh, depends on who they bring in off the bench. And they've gone three minutes here with two points. So, I mean, they literally do not have to score another point. No. And they would still win by 30 points. No, absolutely. Um, that is about all I have. Did you have anything else that we need to discuss? The Heisman Trophy was oh, given yes, out. Yes, yes, yes. Um, I'm okay with Kyler Murray. I would have voted for Tua. Uh, I believe it all came down to the last game. I mean, uh, Georgia, last thing he faced, a couple interceptions, that hurt. I thought Tua, uh, I mean, the numbers are very comparable. Even you can give the numbers advantage to Murray, but... Like, we've seen people do what Murray's done. We've seen Baker Mayfield do it last year. Um, like, we really haven't seen anybody like Tua do what he's done in that conference. And playing um, three, and only he, three quarters a game. Yeah, with, with, I don't think it would have mattered. Because I think I mean, people know. If he does play the fourth quarter, maybe he adds you know, another half dozen touchdowns. But people know about Alabama. They know how dominant they've been. And I, I think you came down to that last game. If he doesn't throw any interceptions in that last game, or if he, like, if he leads them on the comeback instead of Jalen Hurts, I think he still wins the Heisman. It was very close race. He received more second-place uh, points or most points for a up ever. This was a close race, but I don't know, I, I'd go with Tua. 
I probably would have gone with Tua as well. Um, I mean, does the fact that Tua was playing injured, shouldn't that count for something too? It should. It um, should. Um, but you're right. Yeah. Like the, the uproar, like I don't have nearly as much uproar over uh, Kyler Murray beating out Tua for the Heisman than I did like Oklahoma and Georgia for the final spot in the college football playoff. Don't have nearly as um, as big a problem with this. So uh, good for Kyler Murray. He's going to go play baseball or so Scott Boris's agent says. Um, I don't know. Yes. NFL could beckon him though, but uh, as of now, looks like he's playing baseball. Other football news of note here. Um, by the way, uh, we'll get to the bull pick here in just a second. Uh, Chris Kleiman is leaving North Dakota State for Kansas State. Uh, Gene Taylor, the Kansas State athletic director, uh, was at North Dakota State before, so he knows who Kleiman is. He actually hired him as head football coach. This is, I think, a pretty good move for Kansas State. I don't know what this is going to do necessarily for North Dakota State football. It can only help their recruiting. Any move that involves the world whatsoever will help North Dakota State recruiting. Uh, a potential government shutdown will help North Dakota State football recruiting. But in all seriousness, I don't know. I I, I can't I can't sit here and tell you that Kleiman leaving is going to be a detriment to the program because they'll just get some other guy in and they're just going to win another ten t- championships. I until the program falls off and no longer can compete for national championships on a yearly basis, I will not believe for a moment that they can't find someone to keep them at this level that Kleiman has kept them at in the post-Craig Bowl era. Yeah, they'll be fine. He's going to make like $2.3 million a year, which is like five times what he's making now. Mm-hmm. Early signing periods next week, I would prefer these teams not announce this until after they're done playing on Friday. That's just my personal preference, for Christ's sake. I don't know what effect it's going to have on the game on Friday, but just the common courtesy of, could you wait like four days? Could you announce it, I don't know, Saturday? Is it going to make a whole hell of a lot of difference if you announce it in Monday versus Saturday? Say, oh, you've got a very important game coming up. Can we, like, you know, not do this now? Can we wait a few days till the game's done? So that's just my personal preference there. But, yeah, we'll see how he does at Kansas State. Because a lot of Kansas State people don't like it, but I don't know. He got a better job than Craig Bowl. Uh, I get yep. probably paid more than Craig Bowl. Yep. And uh, yeah, not much he can do. I mean, he's done everything he could do at North Dakota State. Yep. Um, Sixty-seven and six with three national championships. About to get a fourth one. As we mentioned, NDSU and SDSU play Friday night, seven p.m. Central Time on ESPN two. And I mean. I, I, I hope and pray that the Jacks win, but why would I or any Jackrabbit fan have... Why would you go into this with any sense of faith or belief that you're going to be able to knock off what could be the best Bison team that they've ever had in, in the D1 era? Um, and that's saying something. Uh, why, you know, why would you think that you can go up in that environment in the postseason and beat the Bison? I just, I know they've been close. They've won there before. They not have. in the playoffs. Right. Not in the playoffs. They won there last year, I think, or whatever the hell it was. Yep. They've come close. I think they're going to win. Everybody's not picking them to win. 
I mean, this is Aaron Christian's last thing. This is his chance. Yep. To, to right the wrong from last year against James Madison. By the way, good for Christian getting that uh, award last week in New York. Yep. Yep, well, it's an academic award or something like that. Yep, good for him. So, for him, I mean, he's the best quarterback maybe the conference has ever seen. He holds all the records. But if I'm like, when I think it's Aaron Christian, I haven't paid a whole lot of attention. There's not one game of his that sticks out to me. He's had games where he's thrown five, six touchdowns. I don't remember who they were against. They don't pay that much attention. But, I mean, if I say Aaron Christian, what one game do you remember? You're going to remember the game from last year against James Madison, where it looked like SDC never played a game of football in their lives. That game, but also the game against North Dakota State um, a couple of years ago, was it in the Fargo Dome when he ran for like 150 yards? Sure. And I don't know, yeah. yeah. Sure. So, I mean, if he can, uh, this is the biggest football game in the history of the state. Yep. Um, yeah, this is a big time game. This is the best team in the country against the second best team in the country. So, we'll see how it goes. Hopefully it's close. Hopefully... Either way, it comes down to the final minute with a kick or a conversion of some sort. So, I mean, this is their chance. We'll see. They've had a very good history of when we think we've seen the greatest they have to offer, they bring somebody else in who's even better. And maybe this next quarterback is going to be even better than Taron Christian. We'll see how he does. But um, this is his last chance. They get to the national title game. Got a pretty good chance to win. Yep. I would have never. I would have never thought SDSU football would have would have made a national title game or even win one. But here it is, losing losing Winnie and Goddard, and they've been they've been just fine. So they've been even better than last year, and maybe it's because they weren't needing to force the ball to their best players. You know, it's it's been a collective team effort. Uh, I mean. This is the as you mentioned. This is a chance for Taron Christian to outduel Easton Stick. And I will say this: I think if if SDSU wins and Christian gets the better of Easton Stick, Christian's draft stock, whatever it is right now, I don't know what it is. It's probably like he's going to just sign out of the draft. He's he's an undrafted quarterback. That'll skyrocket so much he will be a drafted quarterback. I don't think he'll get drafted. If if he outduels Easton Stick, I think he will. I don't. Whatever happens, I don't think he'll be drafted. Easton Stick will be like a third or fourth round pick, so we'll see what happens. But I mean, yeah, this is. I don't know if it's more important than those basketball games, but it's a pretty goddamn important game. Yep, it is. Uh, so you are riding with SCSU. I hope you're right. But I, I set my scenario the other night. Twenty. What the hell was it? Like 24, 20 SCSU, or it's a three-point game, and they go for the win instead of playing for overtime. So, I like a last-second touchdown. I, I hope you're right. I just, I, I, until they do, I've had my heart ripped out too many times by them, the Vikings. I, I, I'm just going in with zero expectations, and I hope they don't toy with me. Um, but I anticipate they'll be down 21 to seven uh, early in the second quarter, and I'm just gonna have to shut the TV off for a while because I just don't want to hear all of the you know ESPN just praising NDSU to the high heavens and seeing SDSU just get 
slaughtered. I, I hope that I am. I mean, just, just play well. Don't turn the ball over. Don't do stupid stuff. If NDSU beats you straight up, so be it. But don't do dumb shit. Don't fumble. Yeah. Play a clean game. Chase Vinatieri kick a game-winning field goal, win 31-28. That would be the ultimate. Um, that would be ultimate way, and then play the winner of Maine and Eastern Washington. If Maine, if Maine were to beat Eastern Washington, how great would that be? Uh, as you mentioned on the Google chat, I believe was it you? I think that they that they brought their band to uh, Weber State. Marcus, Marcus couldn't get enough of this. Some anonymous donor, I don't think it was Boots, but some anonymous donor paid for them to go to goddamn Maine all the way to what, Utah to Weber State. And I always remember they're going to Eastern Washington. Maine to Utah, Maine to Washington. You want to talk about some travel? Yep. That's some serious goddamn travel. I don't, and that's ultimately why I think Maine will lose to Eastern Washington. It's in part that they are the seven seed, but also the amount of travel that they are having to do for this playoff here. I mean, that, that's insane, flying across the country not once but twice. Mike Dom is still playing. That's stupid. That is stupid. Wow. I'm sure he'll get out here momentarily. Yeah, you don't want to risk injury to your to your best player. But let him climb the charts. Keep climbing those charts on the point. Total. Um, so there we go. Bowl season kicks off. I'm going to ha- talk to Charlie here in, uh, as soon as I'm done here with you, and uh, we're going to pick some bowl games here. Uh, but early thoughts on the bowl game. Uh, again, the bowl pick them. Just search on ESPN for the Sports Lounge Season 4. Join us. Uh, compete with us. See, uh, Test your medal against us in the, in the confidence points here. Uh, so uh, have you made all of your picks? for this yet uh and if you have uh what what are some of your initial thoughts i made my picks and i will go back and put them where i think they should be uh let's see capital one the bull pick them hugh freezes pastor so i am uh, because Hugh Freeze is now the coach at Liberty, and Liberty's got a more strict uh, policy or conduct code than BYU. Very good. Yeah, let's uh, let's not wish any good things to happen to Hugh Freeze for the rest of his life. Um, got Louisiana over Tulane in your Cure Bowl, which I will not watch because it's on a channel I don't get. Utah State over North Texas. Yep. Fresno State versus uh, over Arizona State. Yep. I've got uh, Southern over Eastern Michigan. Uh, I've got Hap State over Middle Tennessee. Of course, I have 37 points on Carolina A&T to beat Alcorn State in the Black Bowl. So I'm very excited about it. Uh, Tariq Cohen, is he going to play in this one? Uh, no. This is the Bears, so he'll not be playing on this one. Okay. I expect it to be a dog show of the game, 17-14. As always, I will only put one point on that game. Uh, do you and, and do you want to reference any of the other confidence points you have for any of Saturday's games? Or Okay, let me ask you this. I don't, uh, They're all at the bottom. I don't, I'll probably put them up a little bit. There's not... I think App State maybe a little bit, but there's Utah State maybe a little bit. Fresno, Arizona State can go either way. Um, the problem with Utah State, 
Georgia Southern and App State maybe probably in the 20s or 30s. I I have three of the five games on Saturday in the low to mid twenties. Um, so I mean, there's a couple games where there's some big favorites. They're yep. probably not all going to win, but we'll see. Uh, what's the game that you have the most confidence in? I will t- just tell you mine, and again, subject to change. But I have Clemson over Notre Dame. Ohio State to beat Washington. That is forty for me. So I mean, that is that is just right up there. Uh, Georgia to beat Texas as well. Yep, yep. I have that one. I have Penn State with a lot of points. I have Texas A&M with a lot of points on North Carolina State. Alabama, I had up at the top, but I've kind of gone away from them a little bit. I'm going to ride the with the Memphis Tigers to get a bunch of points. And uh, much to Marcus Traxler's chagrin, uh, Georgia Tech, a lot of confidence points on them to beat the Gophers in the quick lane bowl. I see going to be some gophers Is this uh, your favorite time of the year, College Bowl game? No, March Madness is. Good, good, good answer. March Madness is the best. Um, how much will good. you pay attention, so, though? How, mu- how many of these games will you watch? Probably catch a little bit of all of them. I mean, some are on, you know, Tuesdays at 2 o'clock, and I'm not. There's TVs at work, but I don't give a shit enough to watch. You know the Boca Raton Bowl, but you catch a little bit of uh, a little bit of them, so yeah, they're all right. We'll check in how uh, things are going next week and uh, preview some more of the bowl, upcoming bowl games here. Uh, anything else before we say so long? I'm looking forward. I, I call this season uh, five of Trump coming up. Season one was the primary. Season two was the election. Season one, or season three was last year. Season four was the second year. I think it's going to be a six-season series, which is just about right. I thought this week was the biggest week yet. So I don't think I think he'll finish his term. We all rights he shouldn't, but this this was a big week. I'm sure there'll be many more bigger weeks next year. But this, I felt this was this was a big week, a lot well, of big news. We are proud. We are proud to not have this podcast shut down. We are proud to promote this podcast. Don't uh, don't don't have any. Don't uh, blame anyone else, or don't let anyone steal our thunder, Crins, uh, regarding this podcast. Uh, I will take pride in not having this podcast shut down. All right, as will I, I suppose. Have you harvested any almond bark lately? Uh, no, but almond bark is delicious. We use mm. it uh, for holiday baking. Good. We have a potluck at work tomorrow. I brought chips. <laughs> That's the right way to go. Um, did you bring dip with it? No, barbecue chips, uh, cheddar, sour cream, whatever the hell's. Uh, People uh, bring in whatever they bring. So a multitude, a multitude of chips, Lay's. One of the barbecue is Lay's, the other one are Ruffles. Want a little bit of thickness to it. Good. So it's Ruffles. Variety is the spice of life, and uh, your chips certainly have that spice. Uh, all right. Thank you, Crins, as always, and uh, I'll talk to you next week, my friend. All right. We will uh, talk it over. All right. Sounds good. And hopefully we're talking a Jack's victory. Well, they're up by six 
SD point stack, and I sure the hell hope so. <laughs> oh, that's a big week for SDSU athletics. Uh, and uh, so, all right, thank win you, one of them. Win one of them. Beat one of the green teams. Win one. Win, win two. Win two of them. Good enough. Win two. Better than one. All right. Thank you, Crins. Travis Crins joining us here, Sports Block Podcast. Appreciate his time and perspective as always. Uh, yeah, big week for SDSU athletics. Of course, you have the men smothering um, Southern on Tuesday night, but number seven, Oregon on the women's side coming to Frost Arena on Wednesday. Then, of course, the big game against the Bison uh, for in the FCS semifinals for the right to go to Frisco. Is this the year the Jacks make it? Sorry, I had my doubts. I, 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 I hate it. I... This is what being a Minnesota sports fan has done to me. It, it's, it is. It sucks. Uh, and then the, the men, men's basketball at Nevada on, on Saturday. Big stuff there. Uh, so with that, we'll talk some more college football, some more bowl picks. Uh, confidence picks and whatnot. Charlie Hildebrand, Sioux City Journal, resident college football expert, joining us here uh, in just a minute here. But first, let me tell you again that, that this Sports Block podcast is available on iTunes. Just search the Sports Block podcast. Also, follow me on Twitter at NDStacken. Facebook, Nathan Stacken. have a link to the podcast posted to middle to later part of each week. Uh, we're maybe looking into getting it on Reddit, so uh, look forward to that if... Um, once that, if that, actually happens. Next, though, Charlie Hildebrand, and then we'll wrap up with the Week 14 uh, reaction in the NFL and make some early picks for Week 15. But coming up next, more Bull Talk. Charlie Hildebrand, resident college football expert here, coming up next on the Sports Block Podcast. We continue here on the Sports Block Podcast, and it is bowl season. They say it's the favorite time of the year, uh, and my good friend and our resident college football expert from the Sioux City Journal, Mr. Charlie Hildebrand, joins us. Charlie, um, hello, and uh, is this truly your favorite time of the year? In general, it's my favorite time of the year. If I'm truly honest, I think my favorite is that, like, from Wednesday through Sunday of Thanksgiving weekend, that might really be my favorite. But I like this time of the year a lot, too. All right. Well, you know what? I I like the Thanksgiving one as well. Uh, so before we get to the wonderful bowl games that um, we have this year, uh, you know, we had the college football playoff teams released. You know, Alabama one, Clemson two, Notre Dame three, and then Oklahoma four. Uh, just to get your initial thoughts, are you okay with Oklahoma being the fourth team, or should Georgia have gotten in? I think Oklahoma's the right decision. If it was up to me, I would have probably done the same thing because ultimately Georgia has two losses, one a three-touchdown loss to LSU. And if you're saying that, like, Georgia's best win is either Florida or Kentucky, and if you're saying the reason they should be in the playoff is because they looked good in a loss against Alabama, you're essentially saying that the wins in the regular season don't matter at all, and they have to at least account for something. And... Oklahoma has a better loss than Ohio State, and I guess Ohio State has the best win in their win over Michigan, but I think Oklahoma's four best wins are better than Ohio State's four best wins. I've, and like I mentioned, the three-point loss to Texas was much better than the 28-point loss to Purdue. I would agree with that as well, because it's funny that people are using like the whole, oh, they give Alabama their best game, but that's that doesn't mean they're necessarily deserving of being a 
you know, the fourth seed. And you're right. I think a lot of people kind of dismiss that 20-point loss to LSU, and that's something that just shouldn't happen. I agree. I also, like, I don't, I mean, I get why they do it and coaches politicking for their team. I don't love, but I can kind of live with it. But I really hate when, like, the conference commissioners and people like that start going, like, well, we need to be in. It's just like, this is gross. Nobody wants to make football more like politics. Please don't do that. Right. Absolutely. At least that's how I feel. Absolutely. So those games will be played on December 29th. Um, we do have, though, plenty of bowl games before that, but there's one note here. The Rose Bowl is uh, going to be supposedly uh, Urban Meyer's final game as a head football coach, uh, at least at Ohio State. He says he's retiring at the end of the year. Um, Got to say, Charlie, we kind of talked about it at the beginning of the year that you know maybe he would be on a shorter leash if something else was going down, uh, you know, because of the whole... Zach Smith sort of deal. I don't know if there. I, I feel like there's something else that is happening, but I, I can't. I can't say for sure what it is. But don't you think it's odd that they're doing it at this time? Yeah, and I'm gonna preface this with I don't have any proof to back this up, and this is just a conspiracy theory of my own kind of. I don't think Urban Meyer really has horrible health problems right now. I think that's sort of a smokescreen. So Ohio State and Urban Meyer can part ways on a more, how should I say this, a more, uh, in a more palatable way for mm-hmm. both parties, I guess, and to the same, you know, like, oh, we are doing it because it turns out he's a terrible person that hired terrible people and wouldn't fire a guy who was beating up his wife. So mm-hmm. I think that, that's what I think. And... You know, like I said, I don't have proof of that. I can be very easily disputed. But, you know, I said, when this all went down, I, I didn't say he was going to be fired this year, but I thought it was going to put a very, it was going to put a shelf life of about two, two and a half years before he'd be done there. And it turns out that's the case. And, and maybe some of it is health-related. But, but yeah, he's gone. And uh, I think it's, it's probably better for college football if he's not coaching, but I don't know. I don't know if he's even going to stay retired. I mean, would either of us be stunned if after the 2019 season, Clay Helton gets fired and all of a sudden Urban Meyer's the head coach at USB? No, not at all. Not at all. Um, is it Ryan Day is going to take over as head coach, right? That is correct. Do you think that's part- what they said. I suppose they could change their mind between now and the Rose Bowl, but that's what they, they've said. They're gonna I, think, do. I think they agreed to like a five-year $22 million deal if I saw that correct. But I'm wondering if maybe he was getting... I know like um, Mike Vrabel, the Tennessee Titans head coach, was mentioning maybe going after him for an offensive coordinator position. Do you think Ohio State just recognized that, hey, Day might not be around here forever, and given the whole kind of toxic um, toxicity that exists around Urban Meyer, that maybe this was the right way to go, like kind of push Urban out the door so they could make sure that they secure... Um, day long term? I mean, I guess that, that, that could be what they're doing. I mean, I don't know. It's, if, if we take about, or if we take out Urban's off-field stuff, which is problematic, but if we do that, like, I, I, I don't know. I, I think Day might end up being good, but to go from Jim Pressel to Urban Meyer to Ryan Day, you know, this, this, this isn't fair me saying this, but one of those things is not like the other. Mm-hmm. And, I think Day could be good. 
I don't think he'll be bad, but to assume he will have, even at Ohio State, the same level of success as, you know, Jim Trestle or Urban Meyer is a tall order, you know, for a guy who, you know, has never been a head coach before. I guess he was the interim head coach for three games, but, you know, once once the season started, if I remember right, Urban was there on the, like, the day-to-day stuff. Mm-hmm. He just walked at the game, so, I mean, I, I, I don't know. It's going to be... It'll be interesting to see how it plays out. I think Ohio State's still going to be good, but I think it's safe to say they're not going to win 90% of their games going forward like they did under Meyer. I, I would agree with that, and I think they definitely take a step back next year and maybe for a few years to come after that. I don't think um, that Day is going to be able to keep the mystique and the aura that is Ohio State, at least not to the extent that Urban Meyer was able to do it. A lot of other head coaching openings or, you know, well, positions getting filled. Um, what, any other uh, coaching news out there that really intrigued you or piqued your interest at all? Uh, two of the interesting things, one of them, it was a while, a little while ago now, because, you know, we're recording this on a Sunday, and one was just announced today that both uh, Mac Brown and Gary Anderson, two guys who people thought maybe would never coach college football again, are not only coaching again, coaching at school we had previously already been the head coach for it. Mac Brown at North Carolina and Gary Anderson back at Utah State after leaving Utah State to go to Wisconsin and then after two years abruptly leaving Wisconsin to go to a terrible Oregon State team and after about two years there quitting in the middle of the season because he was frustrated and yeah didn't think either of them would be back and not only are they back they're back at school they used to work for it so interesting to see how those shake out Probably better than Les Miles will work at camp. Right. Um, in, so with all the head coaching news, you do have some schools like Appalachian State's head coach left for Louisville. Uh, Utah State's head coach left. As you said, you know, Brian Anderson is now kind of filling in there. With that being said, as we go into bowl game, how do you think that's going to affect the teams that have lost their head coaches, like say, like an Appalachian State or a Utah State? It's tough to tell because every situation is different. There's times where the interim coach comes in and does really well. I think that's what happened when, uh, which year was it, when uh, West Virginia had Pat White and Steve Clayton and was playing like a a one-loss Oklahoma team and everyone thought Oklahoma was going to win by like 30. And I think West Virginia with an interim head coach after Rich Rodriguez left for Michigan. Uh, What was the guy's name? Bill Stewart. And they just smoked Oklahoma. So it's... It can happen, but also frequently it turns out that the interim guy's not as good as the guy that left. The guy left because he was really good. That's why he got hired by a bigger school. And sometimes they kind of fall on their face. I would not be surprised if that happened in both cases. But but bowl games, they're so weird. I mean, there's times, especially when you're talking outside of the playoffs, that, you know, guys go out and get hammered the night before a game and are still hungover when they're playing the next day, you know especially in some of the smaller ones. But you just you never know what's going to happen. It could, be, it could go a number of different ways. So with that being said, we will make some picks for the early bowl games. We'll Because um, uh, the bowl games start on Saturday, five of them. The first one is the AutoNation Cure Bowl. It's at 1.30 p.m. Eastern, 12.30 p.m. Central Time on CBS Sports Network. It's a battle uh, of two Louisiana teams, Tulane at 6-6 versus Louisiana at 7-6. I don't know if you've been able to make the the confidence picks yet in our Bull Pick'em, the Sports Lounge, which you can find on ESPN.com for those who are listening and want to join us and make some picks. But um, 
So if you just want to make a pick right now, or do you, if you have the confidence points, or you have a certain amount of confidence in the, in a certain team, that's great. But well, who are you picking in this uh, battle of two Louisiana teams? I've checked the conference picks. I've made the bull picks. I've made a couple initial ones, but I'm not finalized with those yet. That is one I have not picked yet. I will take Tulane to win. I'm not overly confident in it, though. All right. How about North Texas against Utah State in the New Mexico Bowl? 2 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Central Time on ESPN. Again, these are on Saturday. I will take North Texas partially because Utah State's coach has left. Uh, I'm blanking on the North Texas coach's name. A lot of people thought he would leave, but it looks like he's going to stay now because a lot of other schools have uh, uh, that they thought maybe would fire people if not, so I will take the mean green. The Mitsubishi Motors Las Vegas Bowl. Arizona State at 7-5 and against 11-2 and Fresno State. 3.30 p.m. Eastern, 2.30 p.m. Central Time on ABC. Who do you like? I'm going to go Fresno State. I like Herm Edwards, but, you know, we know how much he doesn't like Devils. He had that press conference. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's going to do well in Sin City. It just won't feel right for him. It'll be a little <laughs> jittery and off, and I'm going to take Fresno State. This one, I don't have any clue whatsoever what's going to happen. I know who I'm going to pull for. And that's going to be Eastern Michigan, but in the Raycom Media Camellia Bowl, Georgia Southern at nine and three versus seven and five Eastern Michigan. I'm going to go Georgia Southern. Not a lot of confidence in that, but that's what I'm going to pick. Part of that is just my own biases that Eastern Michigan was bad for so long. I'm just used to always picking them to lose. Final game on that Saturday, Middle Tennessee State, or Middle Tennessee, I guess, versus Appalachian State in the RNL Carriers New Orleans Bowl, 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Central Time on ESPN. Uh, Middle Tennessee is 8 and 5. They lost in the Conference USA Championship game versus Appalachian State, 10 and 2, who won the Sun Belt. I'm going to go with Middle Tennessee, just kind of a gut feeling. I don't have any great reason beyond that. I would be lying if I said I knew a lot of the ins and outs of either team's roster. Tuesday, then, the December 18th, 10-3 and UAB, who three years ago didn't have football, against Northern Illinois, winners of the MAC, 8-5, in the Cherry Bundy Boca Raton Bowl, 7 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Central Time on ESPN. I'm taking UAB. Part of it is just because that's such a great story. I'd feel guilty picking against them. I agree. So far, we're picking the same on many of these ones here, which may or may not be good. This one, I have literally no idea. Uh, Wednesday, December 19th, in the DXL Frisco Bowl, San Diego State 7-5 against 8-4 Ohio, 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Central Time on ESPN. That's a tough one. I think I'm going to go with Ohio, and it is just because... Frank Solich used to coach at Nebraska. There was a brief point in time I kind of didn't like him, but now I sort of like him again, and I hope he's successful. Uh, I forget their quarterback's name. I know they've got a quarterback that's fairly good, so I will take the Bobcat over South Dakota State. <laughs> the Fighting Aztecs of South Dakota State. Uh, That's right. Marshall, 8-4 and four versus South Florida, 7-5 in the Bad Boy Moores Gasparilla Bowl, which is played at Raymond James Stadium, which is the home stadium of South Florida. Will that give them any home field advantage? This is Thursday, December 20th at 8 p.m. Eastern on ESPN. 
I'm going to say Marshall wins. It's probably cold in West Virginia right now. They will be much more excited to play, where in South Florida, they will be thinking this is the worst because we're literally not going anywhere at all. And they've lost five games in a row. so That, that also doesn't help. Finally, the final two games that we'll pick this week. And if you're up for it uh, and want to uh, come on again next week, we'll pick uh, many of the remaining bowl games. But Friday, we have two bowl games. Friday's December 21st. Florida International at 8-4 and four against Toledo, 7-5. and five In the Makers Wanted Bahamas Bowl, 12.30 p.m. Eastern, 11.30 a.m. Central Time on ESPN. I'm going to go, well, first off, I can come on the show next week. So yes. You're in the first part of what you said. That works. I would love to. Good. Second, um, Florida's warm weather. Northern Illinois is not, or, or, or Northern Illinois or Toledo. We'll, Toledo. We'll the Max Toledo. Again. Toledo. Toledo. So, since they're both not in their home place, though, I'm going to go with Florida International because they are used to the warmer weather in December. Ah, so they will be used to that, while Toledo will just be like, this is great, fun in the sun. They will have more fun, but they will not win the game itself. I think you're going but they will enjoy their bowl trip more. You're going with a meteorology-type feel to it. I really like it. And then, well, let's test that theory now out here. In the famous Idaho Potato Bowl, 4 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Central Time on ESPN, again on Friday, December 21st, Western Michigan at 7-5 versus 6-6 and BYU. This one, I'm going to take BYU because I think BYU is just better. I know they did not a great record. They probably should have beat a pretty good Utah team, though. So I think BYU is better. And it does not have their head coach leaving or anything. Kalani Sataki is still there, so I'm going to take uh, take, take BYU. Awesome. The Cougars. I was going to say their name, and then I almost said the Mormons. And I was like, no, that's not the name <laughs> of their school. What is it? And I paused, and it's the Cougars. I just think her a, a bit there. I'm going to fault you at all for it. Well, Charlie, I appreciate you coming on as always, and um, we'll talk next week about more bowl games as we get uh, kicked off with bowl week. It's one of the best times of the year, and um, good luck in picking the games and all the confidence points, and I'll talk to you next week, my friend. Sounds good. I appreciate it. Thank you, and good luck to you as well, kind sir. Thank you. Thank you, Charlie. Charlie Hildebrand, Sioux City Journal, kind enough to join us here pick some bowl games again you can uh, join us on uh, the sports lounge bowl pick them it's on espn.com just search the sports lounge I believe it's season four uh i can have, actually pull that up right now the sports lounge season four search for it on espn.com make your picks make your confidence picks and join us and uh see if you can uh beat the brilliant minds that is the sports lounge um, we'll wrap up this week's edition now with a look back at week 14 in the NFL and make some early predictions for week 15 in the NFL. Wrap up this week's edition of the Sports Block Podcast, now available on iTunes. Let's put a ball on the show and wrap up this week's edition of the Sports Block Podcast with a look at what happened back in week 14 in the NFL and make some early picks for week 15 in uh, so. Let's just get right to it. Last Thursday, the Titans beat the Jaguars, who look like they've mailed it in for the season, 30-9. Derrick Henry, 238 yards rushing, three touchdowns, including a 99-yard touchdown, which ties Tony Dorsett for the longest touchdown run in NFL history because you can't have one greater than that. Henry, big 
big game. Sunday then, the New York Giants crushed Washington 40-16. Mark Sanchez was awful in this one. He was benched for Josh Johnson, recently signed Josh Johnson. Saquon Barkley had 14 carries, 170 yards, and a touchdown. He was great, and it's just smooth sailing for the New York Giants despite not having Odell Beckham Jr. Saints offense is in a bit of a predicament here. They have not played very well here over the last couple of weeks, and that was on display against Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay had a 14-3 lead before Taysom Hill blocked a punt that changed the momentum in the game for the Saints. They would score a touchdown and subsequently two more touchdowns over the next 15 minutes, and they would end up wind up beating the Buccaneers 28-14. to the miracle in Miami, what a sensational game this was. Back and forth, these two teams went, the Patriots and the Dolphins. And in the end, I mean, just sensational. Tom Brady made a boneheaded play at the end of the second quarter. There took a sack instead of, you know, throwing it away and costing the Patriots points. And again, the miracle, uh, throwing a pass, what was it, Kenny Stills or whatnot, lateral, a couple laterals later, get it to Kenyon Drake, and Drake makes a couple of moves and runs down the field, gets by Rob Gronkowski, uh, a bit of a gaff by uh, head coach Bill Belichick, and like I say, Tom Brady didn't have his best of moments, but the Dolphins survived 34-33, and now are you know, still alive in the AFC wildcard playoff. What a game in Kansas City between the Chiefs and the Ravens. The Ravens had a 24-17 lead before Pat Mahomes on 4th and 9 unleashes a, a pass across his body 40 yards down the field to Tyreek Hill, who made the catch. Tyreek Hill was on a bum foot. He had left the game earlier. Spencer Ware, the run, uh, their running back, filling in now for Kareem Hunt. He left the game for a little bit but came back. Then again, another 4th and 3. The Chiefs score a touchdown, and they wind up winning in overtime 27-24. Absolutely fantastic game, and the Chiefs maintain their lead in the AFC West. The Indianapolis Colts avenged their earlier season loss to the Houston Texans. The Texans actually, their win streak began against Indianapolis. Their win streak ended against Indianapolis as the Colts go into Houston and beat the Texans 24-21. Andrew Luck almost 400 yards through the air. T.Y. Hilton a buck 99 receiving. Fantastic game for him. And the Colts, they are much they are alive in the thick of it in the AFC wildcard. Packers first game without Mike McCarthy, uh, interim head coach Joe Philbin filling in, and they beat the Atlanta Falcons who just have no desire it looks like to finish the season strong 34 to 20 bit a uh, good win for the Packers there cold day uh, so maybe that factored into it for Atlanta the Cleveland Browns have won two consecutive home games for the first time since 2014 they overcome two early touchdowns by Christian McCaffrey and hand the Carolina Panthers their fourth fifth straight loss excuse me Baker Mayfield was very good in this one. Jarvis Landry had a long touchdown catch and a rushing touchdown, and the Browns beat the Panthers 26-20. to Josh Allen had a, a good day on the ground, but he had a few too many turnovers, the quarterback for the Buffalo Bills. Sam Darnold ended up leading the Jets on a nice drive late to help win the game. The Jets beat the Bills 27-23. Gives them a little bit of optimism headed into the offseason, but probably not enough to save uh, Todd Bowles' job. What a magnificent game by Greg Kittle, 
the George Kittle, Greg Kittle, Kittle, 210 yards receiving in the first half for the tight end for the San Francisco. Amazing. And he didn't even get uh, a look in the second half, which was kind of baffling. But the 49ers beat the Broncos team, a Broncos team that just lost Emmanuel Sanders during the week to an uh, Achilles injury. That's not good for them. And, uh, yeah, it's not a good loss when you lose to the San Francisco 49ers and it's George Kittle, not Greg Kittle. So my apologies there to the Kittle family. Chargers struggled with the Cincinnati Bengals, but ultimately hang on to win 26-21, their first 10-plus win season since 2009. They have a big matchup against the the Kansas City Chiefs on Thursday night here. We'll pick that game in a second. Uh, Aaron Eckler... Played okay, but he got hurt, so that's not good for the Chargers at the running back position. We'll see if Melvin Gordon plays Thursday night, but at this point, it does not look likely. Chargers could be in a hole at the running back position. Back and forth game between the Steelers and the Raiders, and the Raiders ultimately pull out a 24-21 victory. Ben Roethlisberger had to leave this game early due to rib injury, and... uh, you know, Derek Carr just kept battling back and forth with the Steelers. Steelers had a chance to tie the game at the end, but Chris Boswell slipped. The field goal got blocked, and the Raiders win 24-21. That first-round draft pick that the Cowboys gave up to the Oakland Raiders for Amari Cooper, looking really good right now. Cooper, 10 catches, 217 yards, three touchdowns, including the game winner in overtime after it uh, hit off an Eagles defender, and the Cowboys have won their fifth straight game with a 29-23 win over the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, Dallas Goddard had a touchdown catch. Would have had a second one, too, if the refs hadn't been, um, w- would know what the hell they were doing. There's another call early in this game, kind of cost the Eagles. So the refs, once again, um, doing no favors to the Eagles, that, or to Dallas's opponents. They're, they're looking out for the Cowboys, clearly. Dog shit game in the desert, uh, but ultimately Detroit won 17-3. A pick six by Dre Bly. Is it Dre Bly? Darius Slay? One of the two. A Lions defensive back, whoever it was. Pick six. Ultimately was a, kind of the go-ahead score. Lions win 17-3. Zach Zenner. Jackrabbit. With uh, 50-plus yards rushing and a touchdown, so good for him. The Bears' defense was fantastic Sunday night. The Rams' high-powered offense couldn't get anything going all night. Jared Goff throws four interceptions. The Bears get a safety, uh, and they do enough uh, despite the limited offensive production they got from Trubisky. They went 15-6, and then as Travis and I talked about, the Seahawks beat the Vikings 21-7. Kirk Cousins, 0-7 now in his career on Monday Night Football. That's got to change at some point. And bad night all around for the Vikings offense. Uh, Refs kind of screwed him a little bit. And as a result, John DiFilippo, offensive coordinator, he gone. Kevin Stefanski will take over from here. So, that being said, that's uh, it for Week 14. Let's make some early picks for Week 15. It begins on Thursday night, 8.20 p.m. Eastern, 7.20 p.m. Central Time on Fox. The Los Angeles Chargers at the Kansas City Chiefs. If Melvin Gordon plays, I like the Chief, or the Chargers' chances in this one, but I don't think he's going to play. Eckler's not going to play. Give me the Chiefs over the Chargers. And uh, what would be a they clinch to the West with a win then. Saturday then, two games on the NFL Network, Houston Texans at the New York Jets. 
4.30 p.m. Eastern, 3.30 p.m. Central Time on the NFL Network. Texans looking to begin a new win streak and try and secure the AFC South. The Jets, they were just happy to get a win against the Bills. Texans win this one fairly easily. Then 8.20 p.m. Eastern, 7.20 p.m. Central Time on the NFL Network. The Cleveland Browns at the Denver Broncos. Listen, it's probably dumb of me to, to do this, but with the way the Broncos looked last week and... But the way the Browns have looked, I'm going to go Cleveland in this one to get a road win and keep their slim playoff hopes alive. Then on Sunday, 1 p.m. Eastern, noon central time on CBS, the Tennessee Titans at the New York Giants. 1 p.m. Eastern, noon central time on CBS. The Titans have everything to play for here for their wild card hopes in the AFC. But the Giants have been playing really well as of late. Here and the Titans are just a Jekyll and Hyde team, especially when it comes to being playing on the road. I'm gonna go with the Giants in this one. Miami Dolphins at the Minnesota Vikings, 1 p.m. Eastern noon Central Time on CBS. Is the offensive coordinator change the thing that sparks the Vikings? They should beat this Dolphins team. They're at home. Give me the Vikings in this one. Washington at Jacksonville, 1 p.m. Eastern noon Central Time on CBS. Um, the Jaguars have no hope for the season. Washington still does, but they're starting Josh Johnson because of quarterback injuries and ineffective play from Mark Sanchez. Give me Jacksonville. Dallas Cowboys at the Indianapolis Colts, 1 p.m. Eastern, noon Central Time on Fox. What a game this is. Going to be very difficult to pick. Cowboys with a five-game win streak, but the Colts have been playing really well. Ooh. A toss-up. I'm going to go with the home team. I'll take the Colts. I don't feel very confident about it at all. Oakland Raiders at the Cincinnati Bengals, 1 p.m. Eastern and Central Time on CBS. Raiders looked good last week. The Bengals have lost, what, 7 of 8, 8 of 9 now? Uh, it just doesn't get any better for them. I will take... Pardon me wants to take the Raiders. I'm going to take the Bengals for now, but I might change my mind before Sunday. The Green Bay Packers at the Chicago Bears, 1 p.m. Eastern, noon Central Time on Fox. Give me the Bears in this one to beat Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. Though, as a Vikings fan, I think I kind of wouldn't mind seeing the Packers win this one. Help out the Vikings a little bit there. Uh, Detroit Lions at the Buffalo Bills, 1 p.m. Eastern, noon Central Time on Fox. I had the Lions at 5-11 to begin the season. I had the Bills at 4-12. One of these teams is going to screw up my prediction. I'll go with the home team. Give me... Well, is Carrion Johnson playing? Carrion Johnson plays. I might take the Lions. But Buffalo's tough. Maybe we'll go to the Bills. But they, they lost to the Jets. Stupid game. Uh, we'll go We'll go with the Lions. <laughs> Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the Baltimore Ravens. 1 p.m. Eastern noon Central Time on Fox. Ravens, heartbreaking loss last week to the Chiefs. But they're a much better team than the Bucs. Lamar Jackson, Joe Flacco, or whatnot. Give me the Ravens. Arizona Cardinals at the Atlanta Falcons, 1 p.m. Eastern and Central Time on Fox. A very uh, nasty, uh, bad game to go with. I'll take the home team here. I think the Falcons get it done. And, uh, four, uh, Seattle Seahawks at the San Francisco 49ers, 4.05 p.m. Eastern, 3.05 p.m. Central Time on Fox. The 49ers played well last week. I don't, I don't think there's any reason why you can't expect them to not play well in this one. Against the Seahawks, a rival. I'll take the Seahawks by a hair. It's, it's going to be very close. Then uh, the 4.25 p.m. Eastern, 3.25 p.m. Central Time game on CBS. The New England Patriots at the Pittsburgh Steelers. Steelers are reeling. Patriots are pissed after last week's loss. 
Don't know if Ben Roethlisberger is going to play. James Conner might not play. Not pointing in a good direction for the Steelers. Give me the Patriots. Then Sunday Night Football, Philadelphia Eagles at the Los Angeles Rams, 8.20 p.m. Eastern, 7.20 p.m. Central Time on NBC. Jared Goff has not played well since the bye week in these last two games at Detroit and at Chicago. He'll look to rebound against the Eagles, and I think he will. I'll take the Rams to beat Philadelphia. And then Monday Night Football, New Orleans Saints at the Carolina Panthers, 8.15 p.m. Eastern, 7.15 p.m. Central Time on ESPN. Panthers slide continues. Saints offense going to get going, get hot again. Use Alvin Kamara. Use him a lot. Need him for fantasy. It is the playoffs. Taking the Saints. And those are your Week 15 picks. For the official picks and predictions, go to the stack at stackattack.sportsblog.com. It was our Football Friday post. We'll have the picks, of course, on Friday. Um, so with that, I uh, hope you enjoyed this week's edition of the Sports Block Podcast. Uh, appreciate it. Travis, as always, for coming on, and Charlie for um, some bull talk. We'll definitely talk with Charlie throughout bull season. And um, uh, you know what? The podcast, while important, does take on a little less significance now within the last year. Um, after the birth of my son Noah, it is uh, he's turning one this week. So um, I've, you, you don't listen to this podcast yet. Um you don't know what I'm saying yet, but um, I love you to pieces, little buddy. And uh, happy first birthday um, in my world. And I can't wait to see you grow up for years and years to come. So happy birthday, Noah. And um, Skull Vikings. Skull! Skull. We're teaching him the Skull Champ. He's very close at getting it down. So uh, with that being said, after that sappy uh, birthday wish... Uh, <laughs> Uh, his birthday's on Sunday, but we're celebrating Saturday. Anyway, oh yes, Vikings, get give Noah, give my son a birthday present. Please, please get a win. Keep your playoff hopes alive. So with that, for Char- for Travis and Charlie, I'm Nathan. Thank you so much for listening to this week's edition of the Sports Block Podcast, which can be found available on iTunes. Just search the Sports Block. Also follow me on Twitter at Andy Stacken, Facebook Nathan Stacken. A link to the podcast posted in the middle to later part of each week. We'll try and get an SDSU podcast out this week, previewing the big game. And so with all that being said, thank you very much for listening to this week's, this week's edition of the Sports Block Podcast. For Travis and Charlie, I'm Nathan. Have a great week. We'll talk to you next week on another edition of the Sports Block Podcast. Go big, go blue, go jacks. Skull Vikings, let's go.